Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode three of Just a Couple Thoughts. We made it, boyos. To, to the big number three. Big three. Yep. You so, know, we're up there with One Piece mm-hmm. and Naruto and Bleach. We're up there with the big boys now. Uh, I miss those days when they were called like the big three. Oh, yeah. Now it's just the big one 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 piece i guess <laughs> technically you say the big several because you know there's my hero and stuff like that but anyways isn't it fitting that one piece is just the only big one left i mean it, it was always the most popular one yeah but i just maybe not america but yeah. it was always the most popular one but anyways well we're we're back and for our third episode since our first episode had a little bit to be around it actually has one comment on it as of recording this oh yeah i think yeah. i know who it is you think you know who it is well there's no point of saying who it is yeah there's no point of saying who it is but i think i know yeah who it is well, it so. matter. you guys can go into the first video and point it out if i don't know if we should point out usernames i don't have my phone with me right now so it's fine anyways but the question was in relation to the first episode because you talked about rhythm games for a bit in the first episode Mm, i did yeah and you were talking about how like um you like rhythm games with like a tactile feel that's why like games like os and games like buttons and stuff like that and stuff Mm -hmm. like touchscreen arcade games like technica so the question was what about taiko do you Mm. like taiko i do yeah, because we talked about it for a bit. I'm just not good at it. Yeah. So I have the PS2 version, the Taiko Drum Master or whatever it's called. Mm. I don't I don't remember what it was called in its um in its US release, but I have the PS2 version. I found it. It was a great find. I found it at a GameStop like years ago. And it was like 20 bucks or something like that. I wonder how much that costs now. It was like really, really cheap. It was like 20, maybe 25 bucks. And it came with the drum and it came with the game. Okay, no, that's that's really cheap. That's actually really cheap. It was so cheap. I thought it was just going to come with the The game itself. The game. And then they're like, here's the drum. And I'm like, all right. And I had some like wooden dowels that my grandpa was using because he was, he was making this, um, like fruit picker thing i don't really remember what they were for anyway so he had like these little wooden dowels and they made great like sticks for taiko for taiko so i don't know like when those taiko games released did they come with like actual sticks like yeah i think they came with actual like little plastic sticky things oh so they weren't wooden no no okay yeah. so our first response like we said we see the comments so we will respond to every single ones we see yes until like i said we get too big but okay. i will actually go back every week to all the episodes and see the comments to them we're not mm-hmm. gonna like now all of a sudden like well episode one we got one comment so we're not gonna read any more comments episode one anymore no i'll go back and read them until we start getting like i guess a hundred comments Nah. More like 20 comments, right? Mm. 20 comments a week is when I'm going to be like, all right, this is getting a lot, mm. <laughs> right? We'll, we'll start responding. Or maybe 20 questions a week is when we stop being like, okay, 
we're gonna we're gonna try to filter things now mm. and that's when i'm gonna start cherry picking stuff i hope we get to that point wouldn't that be nice that would be <laughs> that would be kind of nice to like, that's the, not even like in terms of views like in terms of just like actually knowing that there's someone to talk to on the other side that yeah, would be nice that would be nice that'd mm. be nice we're not just talking into the void mm. or to our friends <laughs> <laughs> hello hi guys hi hi friends <laughs> I'm so glad that, um, cause we had a couple friends, we had dinner with them. Um, and they were like, yeah, we like really enjoy the podcast. And I was, I was just so shocked. <laughs> I was shocked that anyone was a listening and then B enjoyed it. Like well, the, the first two episodes already has more views than just our fan group. So that's true. So obviously someone that we don't know at least uh, has seen it. Nudge, nudge, hint, hint. <laughs> I have been advertising on Instagram a little bit. Just a chow bit. So. And, and honestly, like, if you know a friend that likes podcasts, um, send us to them. Like, because I know like I listen to podcasts a lot, right? When I drive. So mm. it, it's nice just to have something in the background. Yeah. Just to listen to like their conversation stuff like that. That's why I like I listen to like Hello Internet or like mm-hmm. Wake Up Recap and uh Coffee with Clemps. I also listen to like even though they're not a podcast, but now they will have one, Fact Fiend. Oh yeah, the Fact Fiend video. Yeah. Yeah. I I like listen to them as if they were a podcast. So when they they made that announcement video saying, Oh, we're gonna do a podcast I'm for like, the money. <laughs> for the money. Which I'm like, that is very nice. <laughs> At least they're honest, you know, very yeah. transparent. Those, those dudes are pretty cool, honestly. I, yeah. I like, uh, I get a lot of my random facts from them. Mm-hmm. And I also get a lot of my random facts just from like random things I just think of, mm-hmm. of and just doing like Wikipedia searches. But like the things they talk about is pretty fascinating. A little bit off topic, though. Um, they don't need our advertising. They really don't. They're way bigger than us. Yeah. Now they're going to do it for money. Literally, so. literally all the podcasts I just talked about are way bigger than us. They don't need any money. <laughs> so you don't have a topic today, right? You just told me earlier, right? No, I don't have anything for today. So so I guess it's my turn to bring a topic, right? Mm-hmm. There are a couple of questions I want to save to later on, because I feel like those would be like more in-depth questions. Okay. But... In order for the audience to know us more, what is something, of course, this is both, I'll, I'll start first, but what is something like back then that you, media-wise, like a movie or a show? Back or when? Like Sorry. Something you feel nostalgic about. I'm not going to say like back when you were a kid, it could be back when you were a teenager or mm-hmm. back in like even high school. They feel, they look back upon and like, oh, that really impacted me in a different way. Like, mm. um, not a personal example. But I know a lot of people who like watch Girl Logan to bring up an anime example. Mm-hmm. And that really uh, affected the way that they watch anime and like the way that they um, not even critically absorb media, mm-hmm. but like what they like in anime. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess a personal example for me would be. Um, there's there's two examples. One's anime and one's a game. Right. And one I already talked to you about. So um, the anime one, the, the thing that really impacted me the most that I feel look back and nostalgic about is actually Clan Ad. 
And you you kind of know that already, right? You actually you watched only the first season of Clannad. You never watched After Story, right? No, I didn't watch After Story. Yeah. I I. It was funny because I heard about After Story from a, a mutual friend of ours, mm. and he told me, "Oh yeah, in After Story, this." Ha- uh, I mean, if you don't know the ending, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Although it's been years, but I'm okay. not going to spoil the ending for you. Okay? Honestly, spoilers for everything and anything. <laughs> like, we'll, we might not spoil, like, if there's anything current, like, let's say we have a podcast on, like, the Affinity Endgame movie, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, we're not going to say, like, we're going to do spoilers, like, off the bat. We're like, okay, at a certain point, spoilers warning, because that's I feel like it's current enough, right? Yeah, like, Clanad was, like... I mean, after story came out, maybe like I'll give. 10 years I think ago. I'm gonna give everything like a year buffer in terms of this podcast. Mm-hmm. So if it's more than a year old, it's spoilers, guys. I'm sorry, you had a chance if you really was that interested. Yeah, honestly, because I I feel like if you really were that interested, you would have checked it out. By you would have checked it out by now. Yeah, yeah. A, a year's long enough. And if you're like, if you're saving it, I feel like the instant we've talked about, we begin to talk about it because we're not gonna. Like, jump right into spoilers we're not gonna like oh harry potter double door dies at the end <laughs> yeah. right we're not gonna just do that um this we talk about it just pause it skip it if you skip the episode you want because or <laughs> i'm gonna be honest i'm not gonna put timestamps to when spoilers begin and end because we tangent a lot <laughs> that reminds me of when we were driving in the car one time and we were talking about final fantasy 7 mm-hmm and then you were like telling me like, oh yeah, so that's when um, Cloud remembers that he had like, oh yeah, because you were telling me at like what point your dad got into when he was playing Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah, and I told you to context that scene, and it just spoiled it for you. Yeah, hardcore. No, I'm sorry, but it, to be fair, you were talking about it, so I felt like you knew already, and it's know. been long enough. I didn't know. I didn't know about it. It so, was awful. So I guess if you don't know, the scene that she's talking about is when Cloud was in the wheelchair and Tifa was taking care of Cloud. And I was like, oh yeah, that's the scene where uh, Cloud remembers everything and he realized that he's been pretending more or less to be Zack. Right? And like... Uh, and you didn't know that part, and that kind of spoiled like most of the game for you. <laughs> I was like, "This is unbelievable." I mean, to be fair, it's not like a it's a, it's a pretty big spoiler, but it's not like a a super critical spoiler that it'll, like ruin the story, right? Yeah, like, it's it's a big spoiler. It's it's kind of <laughs> like okay, it's kind of like how um saying how can I give an example that you would know, um like in Harry Potter, right? It's like saying, like, Harry's a horcrux, right? Oh, it's like something that you could have, like... You're like, oh, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, like, that's a, that's a spoiler. That's a pretty big yeah. spoiler, right? Yeah. But I feel like in terms of enjoying the Harry Potter story, mm-hmm. it doesn't ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I feel like in, in Final Fantasy VII, saying that, oh, Cloud thought he was Zack the entire time, that's a huge spoiler. I agree that it doesn't ruin it. Yeah. But I'm also saying that, like, man, that was a... That, that sucks because yeah, you didn't get that experience. it sucked. I was like, man, dang it. Because I didn't remember that scene or the context of it yeah. at the time, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry about that, but, like, like to be fair, I thought... <laughs> you, know, you know, that's fair. You're talking about it kind of, like, as if you knew, so... Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. Yeah, but, um... 
But Beto was saying like, um, Clanad, that's right. Clanad was one of the first animes that made me fall in love with anime. Mm. I don't know if you remember that. Because I, I want, there's two distinct animes, technically three, that made me completely fall in love with anime. Mm-hmm. Which was Clanad, Bakano, and the technical third one was um, Inuyasha, because that was my very first anime. Mm-hmm. Right? And don't ask how Inuyasha was my very first anime. It just so happened to be like that. I kind of like skip over all the time slots where like Naruto would show up. I never woke up early enough in the morning at the time to watch Pokemon or any of Yu-Gi-Oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it just ended up being, oh, Inuyasha. This is a cartoon. It's on Adult Swim. I'm up at like 11 p.m. for some reason as a kid. <laughs> and I just, you know, I, I ended up watching Inuyasha. But the reason why I pick up Clanad in particular is because um, Bakuno is a really fun watch. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Clanad is a very emotional watch. Yeah. Right? It's a, uh, it's a show that really hit me emotionally. Which, like, I, I, I feel like a lot of people had when Clanad came out. Like, a lot of people have a really, like, a, a soft spot, I guess, or a, a, a place in their heart for Clanad. Right? Especially in the anime community. And people who've seen it like back when they were like in middle school, whatever. Because that's around when I first watched Clanad. That is also around when I first watched it as well. Mm -hmm. And like uh, the first season, like I remember back in high school, like, oh, the first season is okay. But after stories, where is that? Right? And I still agree with that sentiment. But I also think I gave the first season like uh, not... I was a little bit too harsh on the first season because the first season is surprisingly solid, right? It, it hits on a, a lot of very emotional points for all the characters. Uh, I feel like I'm not being too focused about this. I feel like I should focus down on it. Clanad, for me, was a very emotional watch because when Clanad came out, it was, it was released at a very perfect time. I'm not going to go into Clanad too much because I feel like... Um, if you haven't seen Clanad, you should watch it. And uh, if you've seen Clanad, then me going into it, you already know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, when Clanad was released, it was at a very emotional time for me. So watching the show and especially watching how the main character is with his dad and his issues with his family kind of really hit hard for me at that time. Because I, re- I remember when we were first going out and we talked about Clan Ad together, right? I remember when you were talking about like your favorite scene from Clan Ad and it, it happened to be like similar to what my favorite scene was. Was it the basketball one? It was the basketball scene where she, where Nagisa was out there and um, she was with the uh, the basketball and asked uh, oh, oh, Kazaki. Yeah, Kazaki to uh, teach her how to play basketball. <laughs> You surprised that you remember the names? I barely remember the names, to be honest. I have no idea. Honestly, I don't know how I remember. I don't even know if that's his name. I just—it just sounds right. Uh, uh, okay, look it up. I feel like I feel like I'm wrong. Yo, who was? Who was right? It oh, is yeah. him. It is Kozaki. It's Tomoyo, right? Tomoya. Tomoya, Tomoya Kozaki, the girl with Tomoyo. Yeah. One of the girls Tomio, not Nagisa. Oh. One of the girls Tomio, but Tomio, like, and she and he was teach, um, and she wanted 
him to teach her how to play basketball, but that's when he shows that like he can't play basketball anymore. He can't do the thing that he wanted to do anymore. Yeah. Right. And that's the scene that really hit hard for me because that in in the context of the show, like he was he was someone who liked playing basketball a lot and like that was like kind of his dream, right? Mm -hmm. And to have his dream kind of like ripped away from him by someone like like his dad Mm -hmm. is something that very hard and i never had like an experience like that like my dad never took anything away from me right Mm -hmm. but to have that feeling of like being unable to do the thing that you always wanted to do Mm -hmm. or being unable to do the things that you loved doing Mm -hmm. right that that's a thing that really hits hard for me Mm -hmm. that's why i say clan was a very emotional watch for me because it it hits hard on the things that affects me the most, mm-hmm. right? Um, not only like my like kind of insecurities uh, at the time, like because mm-hmm. at the time I was very insecure of like what I can do, mm-hmm. but in terms of like um, even the main point of the story, the romance, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like like most middle school boys out there, I was a lonely middle school boy, right? Mm-hmm. So, Clanna for me was kind of like my, how can I say this in a way that doesn't sound completely weird and lonely? (laughs) (laughs) My surrogate relationship? Yikes. Even that I don't feel is completely right. I mean, it's like what you like, I don't know, it's like something that you could relate with. And it's not what you aspired to be, but it's, what am I trying to say? It's like something that was so relatable that you felt like you could be a part of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, the characters are their own characters, right? Yeah. But the situations are... Real. Are real. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that you could, like, somebody you knew Mm. could be in that situation. Yeah. I mean... Aside from like the all part, the, all the, the weird, weird drama, yeah, the weird drama, the the but weird harem thing. Well, it's more of like the situations aren't real, but the emotions are. Yeah, that that's what I think. Like when when he first sees like Nagisa or whatever, and she's under the street lamp, mm-hmm. and it's like just in this whole like everything is dark and everything is like you know it's snowing, mm-hmm. but around her. It's like this, like, just like be- she's like this beacon of light mm. in his, like, you know, in his world, yeah. basically. And I was like, wow, that's like, it was like, you know, really obvious symbolism. But it's, it's effective. Yeah, but it was so good because yeah. it was true for him. Yeah. Like, you know? or, or like the entire sequence where Nagisa, not Nagisa, um, Tomoya gets close to Nagisa family. Oh. G- gets close to her family. And, like, they become kind of, like, his family even before they officially, like, become family. That is something that also hits hard for me, right? Mm -hmm. The fact that um, you open up to to other people Mm -hmm. in that way. Mm -hmm. That that is something that also hits hard for me. So, um, Clan Clan Night is very much of a story. Or uh, it's an anime that hits hard for me in terms of the emotional level. Because it shows that it kind of, it was like the first thing that showed me like how media can affect you. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. 
it was like the first series that showed me like um that affected me in an emotional level rather just just an entertainment level right right mm-hmm. and man clan i was a that was a hard first one to hit you on the first emotional level i gotta say it is pretty tough mm-hmm. it's pretty tough although i didn't watch after after story so after story is where most of the relationship stuff happens obviously because yeah. that's the story where Tomoya and Nakisa get together right mm-hmm. um and I feel like there's a lot less parts that hit me emotionally in the after story even though it's significantly better in terms of romantic story mm-hmm. um there's a lot less parts like like I said the main part of after story that hits me the hardest is all the family aspects mm-hmm. where Nagisa is with um no, no, Tom- uh, Tomoya is with Nagisa's family where Tomoya has to support his own family mm-hmm. where he reconnects with his I think it was son <laughs> I think and like and everything like that that mm-hmm. that hits me more emotionally than the actual romance itself the romance is great don't get me wrong but the family aspect because if people don't don't know me out there family is something I never really grew up with, right? I I had a very fractured family, mm. to put it lightly. So to watch uh, a character with a fractured family basically get his own mm-hmm. hits me very hard when I see it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, the only, the only person in my family that I was really close with was my dad, right? Mm-hmm. And even then, like... Uh, I am a first generation Asian American, mm-hmm. so my the language barrier between me and my dad is huge because I can't even speak my own language, mm-hmm. right? So, put that in perspective in terms of my family, that to not grow up with a family like that and to watch a character kind of get his own mm-hmm. and be happy at the end about that, that hits me harder than anything else. Of all the tragedy uh, in Clanad. Hey, you kind of lived your own Clanad. <laughs> in a way. If you think about it. I live my own through you. Are you you're yeah. my nugget. Except you're not, no, terminally ill. I'm not terminally ill. You know, I'm not so, as attractive. So I'm better than Clanad. <laughs> <laughs> not as attractive. As I disagree. Son. Well, that's very sweet. Yeah, so. So. So that's what I mean by like, is there anything back then that you media wise that you've seen that really um colored your way of uh, seeing things like like i said clan is something that made me see things on a more emotional level rather than an entertainment level i almost had to look at my shelf because that's kind of how i judge like something was like worthwhile if it's on my shelf mm. um I do have one one thing that I saw that was like it wasn't I don't know if it was like I have a couple things some of them aren't like um one of them is Tech on Concrete. Hmm. I still haven't seen or read it. Tech on Concrete is Probably, I think people would say it's kind of pretentious. <laughs> and for me to like it is kind of pretentious because it is in, in a way it's kind of like, I feel like a little artsy and a little like um, 
symbolic with a lot of its themes. Do I know the mangaka for Tenkokigiri? Well, I have it right there. It's Taiyo Matsumoto. So he did ping pong. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Yeah, so that's that's what his thing is, you know. I think I know what you mean by it's kind of pretentious. Because a lot of people who like ping pong, there's two types of people who like ping pong. Yeah. There's people who like ping pong because they just happen to watch it or they watch it through mm-hmm. someone recommending it. And there's the other kind of p- people who watch it because they're pretentious. And they're like, oh, I watched it when it was airing and I didn't care about the animation style. And yeah, nah, nah, nah. Yeah. But did you watch it when it was live action? Mm, I don't think you did. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I didn't actually. I saw the ad for it. Because well, it used to have like all those uh, magazines, right? I did have all those magazines. I had Shonen Jump and it was, I think it was in... Oh, is it uh, in Otaku USA? USA? Yeah. Yeah. So I used to subscribe. And if you don't know what Otaku USA is... It's I a, feel like a significant part of our audience don't know what Otaku USA is. It is a, an, a magazine. I think it's based here in maybe the Bay Area. I'm not sure. But like it's um, a magazine published. It's a real thing. And... Um, it basically talks about anime, talks about games, and if you ever knew what, like, new type was, man, now I feel kind of (laughs) old. New Type Magazine and Otaku USA are sort of similar in that, um, they both talk about anime and manga. It was was Um, basically like the, the Japanese culture version of a Game Informer. Yeah, so it talks, yeah, basically. And then, like, um, but... New type used to give DVDs, which mm. was really cool. That's like, cool. They used to give like little sample DVDs, like with Shuffle and Otaku. Oh gosh, yeah. Shuffle. <laughs> yeah. Um, they used to give sample DVDs, and so did Otaku USA. I think at one point they did, but uh, I think they used to also do posters too. Anyway, not to get off track, but um. Tech on Concrete, I think, is a really solid animation. The animation is solid, and the manga is really good. I really like the art, which, if you know my art preferences, is not surprising mm-hmm. that I do like the art for Tech on Concrete. Mm-hmm. It's like a really like rough kind of like immature it, kind of art. If people have seen ping pong animation and you kind of know what it is yeah and i i really really like it and i i love the the well if you've seen tech on concrete then you kind of know what it's about two boys you know they live in this in the city that's like almost like too small for them it feels like it's a huge city but for them it feels like really small at least in my opinion. So it's like too small to contain these two children who just want to grow out of the city, basically. I have a question for you. I don't know. When was the last time you read Kakan Concrete? All the way through? Why? In general. Pretty recently. Really? Well, I mean, I read it maybe a year ago. Maybe two years ago I read okay. it. Okay. I asked that because like a lot of, I feel like when I ask this question, a lot of people will think back, mm-hmm. but they haven't like seen or read or played that thing. 
I actually for a very long time. I don't own the movie. I own the a UMD <laughs> for the PSP. For the PSP. Oh, we get old now, Sarah. So magazines, <laughs> UMD. Yeah. So I'm I, about to whip out the laser disc now. <laughs> That's the only thing that I have it on. I haven't bought it on Blu-ray, even though I know it would look good. So whenever I watch it, I just pop, pop my pop in your pop PSP. It in my PSP and I watch it. And, you know, no hate. It works. It works. And I watched the movie and it's a good movie. You know, I really enjoy it. I think one of the one of the scenes that I really like is that there's this gangster guy. He's part of this like this small gang. um, And there's this bigger gang involved. It's not really a big deal. Anyway, one of them decides that the city isn't for them, right? Mm. And before that, he's talking about his grandma and how his grandma would send him, like, um, frozen, like, oranges or something. And, like, um, he ends up going back to his hometown because he can't handle the city. He just, like, because two of his friends got their ears cut off like there's like some real like you know there's some real stuff i guess happening in this city right and he's like i can't handle this city anymore you know these kids are crazy there's real gangsters out here you know i just i think it's time to pack up my bags and go home real shit's about to go down so he's sitting on the train with his grandma and then they're eating oranges together Mm. Because as he goes back home and I'm just like, I don't know, just like to me, I always remember that. I always remember that scene is when he's going back home with his grandma and he has like someone to go back to. But these kids are orphans and they have no one to go back to. Mm. So they they like live in the city and the city is their home, basically. And so they have no one to actually rely on but themselves is that concrete a movie it's a movie it's an animation oh i thought it was like a a series or an ova no it's a movie we can watch it how long is it it's about an hour something oh that's probably because that thing looks kind of thick it's a short read really yeah you should read it sometime Mm, probably will sometime eventually i don't think you'll like it you don't think so? How come? I, I don't know. I just feel like at the end, things just kind of start happening. And you're just like, I don't know what's... I don't know about that. Because I that's a similar case for 20th Century Boys. Yeah. Where midway through, things just happen. Well, right? everything happens from the perspective of Black. So there's... So, I'm sorry. Uh, Black is a character for technology. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, so their names are Kuro and Shiro. So Black and White. White, yeah. Right. So everything starts kind of happening from Black's perspective. And then White has like some like third, I don't know, he's got some sixth sense or something like that. So he can like um, feel things and see things Mm -hmm. that aren't really happening. Mm -hmm. And Black, you are experiencing the later chapters, you're experiencing what's happening to him. Mm. 
kind of like through white, but also through black. It's kind of like a really weird. Okay. I feel like I need to read it in order to know what it's about. Yeah, because you're getting dialogue from white. Hmm. Sort of. Okay. Or he's like feeling something that black is feeling, mm. but black is kind of in his own headspace. Okay. So he's not really. It's it's complicated. I don't know. I'll give I it feel, a readable. I feel like I'm really pretentious even talking about it. So. <laughs> do you do you think Tekken Creek, uh, Creek has made you more pretentious? I feel like reading a lot of things has made me pretentious. <laughs> So, is, is that your artist inside you talking? I'm just pretentious. I don't think that's the case. I think you have your type and you kind of stick to it. Uh, I think pretentious is more of like you like your things that you kind of think everything else is kind of beneath it. Oh no, I like Naruto. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't think you're pretentious <laughs> per se. I love Naruto. I love gals. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I I... Another manga that I thought was really like, um, really great was Twentieth Century Boys. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so good. After reading it, because I've only read it recently, like yeah. maybe a year ago now, mm-hmm. but after reading it, that was it was a pretty good read. I think if I was reading it week by week, though, I think that might have been a nightmare, especially in the second half. Mm, yeah, yeah, but I think marathoning it through is the ideal way. To read it. Yeah. I'm not marathoning it, but you know. I have to reread it again. Yeah, because uh, a lot of the things in 20th Century Boys, like in a bubble, it's like, eh, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, sure, there's climatic moments. I think, like, all the events by itself, it's in whatever. But Mm -hmm. I think in context, the series as a whole Mm -hmm. is, like, really great. You know what I mean? Yes. Like... Uh, oh, like when oh, what was the main character's name again? Um, fuck, it's been a year. Sorry, Kenji. Yeah, Kenji, the dude with guitar, right? Yeah, yeah. When when he comes back in the second half of the series, oh, oh that felt great. <laughs> I don't know. I felt really weird about it. Why? Because I felt it felt good, but then it didn't feel like Kenji. I don't know. It felt like it felt so. But maybe that was the point. Right, because he was like he he's come back, mm-hmm. and everybody thinks he's like this great guy. Yeah, like this almost everything like he's like everyone thinks he's like a hero or almost, a villain, depending yeah, where you're from. But almost like he's not even a a human anymore. Yeah, it because he, he's, he's gone, like a legend. Yeah, kinda like friend. Yeah, yeah, which is like amazing, like crazy in its own sense that they both become these legends mm. that have like lived on through other people mm-hmm. and then when you see them together then you realize like oh they're just people two guys yeah you know 21st century boys is actually a lot of, some people hate on 21st century boys i dug it a lot actually i don't know it moved too slow for me i don't know maybe and well I, like i said the marathon format is the yeah. ideal way to read 20th century boys and yeah. 21st i, I was feel. reading it you were reading it week by week or week something like by that. week yeah, I think it was when it was getting translated or something. Yeah. Um, and it was getting translated pretty slowly. And then, like, some of the chapters were out of order. So I probably have to go back and read it again. Yeah. Like, but, the whole thing. But I think the Marathon Forum is the way to read it. And I think 21st Century Boys 
was great because I 21st century boys like oh what, what's Magaka's name again? Um, Osamu? Yeah, or no, wait. No, that that's not 20th century boys, is it? Oh, you have it right there. Can you grab it? Urus Urusawa. Urusawa. What's his first name or last name? I, I don't know. It's Naoki Urusawa. Yeah, Naoki Urusawa. Who am I thinking of? I say Osamu. Um, Osamu Tezuka. Maybe, maybe. And uh, Urusawa, like he has his way of writing, which is super unconventional, mm. right? But he he did monster, by the way. Yeah, he did monster. Or Pluto, if and Pluto, if you're aware of those, the pretentious people. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, I no. feel like I feel like Pluto is probably the most pretentious out of the three, though. Uh, monster, twenty first century boy, twentieth century boys, and Pluto. I feel like Pluto is the most pretentious out of the three. I don't know At how least many people have read The fan Pluto. bases around them are the most pretentious out of the three. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I don't know that much about it, so... Yeah, but uh, he has this way of writing where... Uh, th- there's two things I've noticed from his way of writing. Uh, one is that um, he writes things that kind of, like, stretches your... What is it called? Uh, disbelief... Uh, Suspension of, of disbelief, yeah. right? That it kind of like stretches the suspension of disbelief to the point where, like, you can barely accept what's mm-hmm. happening in terms of the story. Yeah, 20th Century Boys is probably like a perfect example of that because it kind of like jumps and jumps and jumps. Yeah, like things just keep escalating. Yeah, and then you're just like, what is happening? Yeah, like what is happening at this point? <laughs> but it happens in such a natural way in context of the story. They kind of accept it, even though it gets more and more ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Right? And 21st Century Boys, the way it wraps up the series is amazing, in my opinion. It's honestly, from what I remember, it was so ridiculous that I was just like, you know, I mean, I guess. Yeah, he had that <laughs> way where you don't be like, this is ridiculous, this is stupid, right? Mm-hmm. But more of like, this is ridiculous, so I guess. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, we're here. Yeah, you kind of just accept it as what is happening instead of being like, I, I don't care anymore. <laughs> anyway, what was your original question? What makes me in this? What, what thing or piece of media or whatever from back then has affected the way you consumed, I guess, future piece of media? Mm. Yeah, Take Your Own Concrete's a good one. That's a good one for me. In what way, though? I feel like it was memorable. <laughs> but let me think of something that's like... Because I went on this big rant about <laughs> Take On Concrete, which I feel a little bad about, but no, I really do like it. It is a series that affected you back then, that kind of... I just... To me, I thought, like, it was so different Mm. and it wasn't like as polished as like you know was that like the first series that didn't have that super polished look for me yeah that explains a lot then (laughs) because you you really like that very unpolished look in a lot of things oh yeah yeah like in animation Mm. i like it when it doesn't look finished i (laughs) (laughs) like that sounds so weird i love like even like like studio like Piero's like gross unfinished animation, I love it. <laughs> even the ones that look terrible, I'm like, man, I, I love it. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's like I love stuff that doesn't look like that's 
Very choppy. Yeah. Because I feel like it has a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Mm, that makes sense. Um, so in terms of like artistry, I feel like Tekon Kinkri was a really big part of like forming the things that I liked mm-hmm. or I would grow into liking. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would really have to think about something that really um, impacted me. Inuyasha was a really big part of my life, but because I liked it. <laughs> I mean, I it was for me too. Like I, I watched a lot of Inuyasha. Like I still haven't seen Final Act. Don't we? <laughs> I know. I, I wasn't. Know. Our friend keeps telling us we gotta watch it, and whenever I see him, I still haven't seen it. It's one of those bad. things where, like, I, I just. I just don't care how about how it ends. Like, I care about the characters enough, but I, I somehow don't care about how it ends, though. I can't, I can't think of something. I mean, that's fine. You that, can't think of another thing. That really, like, really, really impacted me. Um, emotionally. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's fine. That, that wasn't, that technically wasn't part of the question. That's true. Yeah. Because uh, I uh, I feel like as far down we go into these topics, mm-hmm. there's gonna be more and more topics where it's gonna be like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, one thing that did really that I thought of when you said nostalgia mm-hmm. and something like that really impacted you. Mm-hmm. I the first thing I thought of was tsunami jet stream. Oh my god. Uh, we're in tangent territory. Let's go. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think this is relevant. Okay. Okay. Because Toonami Jetstream was one of the first streaming sites that I had ever been to mm-hmm. legally. Yeah, okay. it was a legal streaming. It site. was legal. It was it's free. <laughs> it was free. Um, I couldn't watch anything. I'd have to. It buffered for thirty minutes. And oh, it was so ahead of your time, Toonami Jetstream. Oh my god. <gasps> But it was like, that's what I think is so important mm-hmm. about Toonami Jetstream for me mm-hmm. is that all the crunchy rolls, all the the verbs, the was high dive. Technically the same thing, yeah, but okay. Yeah, high dive or whatever you are. Netf- Animation, Netflix, Hulu. Hulu. Nah, it was all about the Toonami Jetstream. I watched, I watched almost the entirety of Prince of Tennis and Hikaru no Go through Tanami Jetstream and Zatch Bell. How is that possible? I couldn't get anything to load. <laughs> I did the old YouTube trick where you left the tab open overnight. Oh, yeah. And then, and and then you, come you back go back the in day. and then you just watch it unbuffered. <laughs> no, sometimes for me, like I would do that. I would pause the video. I would leave it. And then... It wouldn't move. See, it would only buffer when it played. See, the trick is for stuff like that is you have to leave the tab open, and you can't do too many at once. Yeah. <laughs> oh, back in the day. Anyway, I think that for me, Toonami Jetstream was a great start. It was way ahead of its time. Yeah, it was way ahead of its time, and I think it was a it was a like a gateway for. I, I don't know if it was gateway for people, but it was like a way to continue watching a show that you liked mm-hmm. or 
because you already knew about Toonami and they advertised all the time for Toonami Jetstream, mm. then you already knew about it. And yeah. so they're like, oh, if you want to watch more Toonami, then just go on Toonami Jetstream. The best part of the Toonami Jetstream, it was like a, a watch at your own convenience thing before that was a thing. Yeah. So that's why it was like so crazy. Yeah. Toonami Jetstream was before TiVo. No. I had TiVo. You had TiVo? I had TiVo. Well, I, I, had, I didn't have TiVo. I had the peanut, as we called it. <laughs> I, I definitely didn't have TiVo. So it was very more significant for me than I guess you. Yeah. So it was very like a watch at your own convenience thing. Because I did not have TiVo. I could not watch things at my own convenience. Uh, I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. thought it was awesome. It hardly worked. <laughs> But, but it when was, it did, but when it did, you were like, "Wow, I'm watching anime on my computer, legally." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> when you had to watch anime in three parts, oh, back on YouTube. YouTube, and maybe they're not Rick Rolls. Yeah, I want to do my other one, and if you have a topic, then you can go ahead and jump in. Okay. Or if you have another one, but I don't, you know. I don't think you do, do you? No, probably not. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so my other thing mm-hmm. that imp- impacted me in the way I've seen media and stuff like that is the Dragon Guard series. Mm. In particular, one, and really just one, mm-hmm. right? Um, and if you guys want to know more about the Dragon Guard series, really, uh, I can't do it justice. Go watch Clemps. Go watch Valky Aurora. Like, they are the Dragon Guard people to talk to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Honestly. Um, but um, Dragon Guard for me was the first piece of media or thing in general that sh- showed me that things do not need to have a happy ending to be a compelling story. Oh, we talked about this. We have yes. talked about this before, personally, between the two of us. Yes. But... um. It was it was literally the, the first thing I seen where things do not need to end up happy. Things do not need to be wrapped up in a tiny bow in order to be a compelling story for me. Mm-hmm. I I played Dragon Guard when I was like fucking nine or something like that. Yeah, which I feel like is way too young for playing Dragon Guard. Mm-hmm. But um, it was such an interesting play for me that and it's such an interesting go through that. It really stuck out for me at the time, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I never beat the game when I was a kid. But like later on, when I decided to like, oh, I'm gonna watch the endings and watch the stuff on YouTube, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I see where everything ends up, and I realized that like no one ends up happy. Yeah. No matter what ending you get, no one is happy in Dragon mm-hmm. Guard. Like, um, it made me more interested in the series rather than not. I think if it was like, oh, happy ending, I think it would have just been one of those things where like, oh, that's one of the things I played as a kid and here's the happy ending and I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it didn't have a happy ending, the fact that all the characters are mostly compelling, right? Mm-hmm. And like, um, and I, it stuck out to me so much that it's something that really, um, like, stayed with me for a very long time and it all came to a head when i played near <laughs> <laughs> the original near gestalt replicant i think i just played gestalt because that's what we got in america um it all came to the head there 
where there is no happy ending in Nier either. The happiest ending requires you to delete your own existence. <laughs> wow. Right. And that game hit me so emotionally hard also. But it really, it also, it, Nier is a better game because it doesn't have a happy ending. Mm-hmm. I think. I think showing all the tragedy and all the um the shit they go to and have all their effort ultimately come up to something so kind of like either unfortunately sad mm-hmm. like a bad ending or even at the happiest ending where you pretty much break even mm-hmm. right because sure your daughter slash sister is alive, but you don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, to have that kind of story, to show how much they have to go through, and then to have it end up just like that, really stuck to me also. Mm-hmm. I think more stories could benefit to not having a happy ending. Honestly. Yeah. Like, uh, I think there are several series out there that could benefit from not having a happy ending. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Off the top of my head, I can't really think of one, actually, though. It, it's one of those things where, like, not everything needs a happy, happy ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, happy endings are for those people who can't accept being sad, I guess. Yeah. Right? Like, there are times where it's appropriate to have a happy ending, obviously. I would never want Lord of the Rings to have a sad ending. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or, you know, to have, like, fucking a clan ad. To stay permanently sad. Yeah, or like Harry Potter. You have Harry Potter have a sad ending. Yeah. Right? But I feel like series like Dragon Guard, mm-hmm. or if it will ever end, right? Berserk, if that had a bad ending for its endgame, I think that's fine. Yeah. Right? I think that that's completely appropriate for the series. And I don't think many people would be surprised yeah. either. You know? Yeah. With Berserk's tone. Yeah, with, with, with Berserk in general, I don't think many people will be surprised by that. So, I, it's one of those things where, like, I've certain stories should look at whether or not they need to have that happy ending. You know what I mean? So, it really colored my way of kind of seeing the end goal for Lost Stories. Mm-hmm. Like, going, like, it's going back to anime. Like what Carter says, right? From Glass Reflection, the ending is paramount, right? Yeah. Which I think to a certain extent is true, right? Yeah. The ending is supposed to wrap everything together and having a bad ending kind of really colors the entire rest of the series, right? But I, I don't think the ending should ruin a series. And color it maybe. But I don't think ruin it is another thing. Like if Guard did have a happy ending, mm-hmm. I don't think it will stick with me as much. But that's not going to take away from the rest of the game, the rest of the, the story had to give me. Yeah. Right? Or if Nier had a happy ending. Like, yeah. sure, it wouldn't stick with me as hard, but it's not going to, you know, get rid of all the, my emotional connection with Emil and like all my journey with Kaine and mm-hmm. like relating so much to Nier himself. Like, oh, oh, <laughs> I'm gushing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, like, it's not going to take that away from me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I guess that's kind of like my topic. It, it's kind of sporadic, my topic. 
but that's fine. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that's what I want to ask. And to quote Philly D, I want to pass the question back to you, <laughs> to the people who are watching, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it could be just something that you know stood out to you when you were a kid, or even even a teenager, now. or yeah. even now, I guess Something. that really st- sticks with you now. Like, what is something that kind of sticks with you? Leave a comment. I'll, I'm honestly, I'm not gonna like fake say it like some other YouTubers, or like, um, like I'm honestly interested in what you're gonna put down there. Mm-hmm. Like, if I haven't seen it, I'll at least check it out on some level, right? Yeah. And if I have seen it, then I'll probably respond to it in the next episode. Or it's just like if it's something that really like impacted you in some way in some way it could be something like as dumb or not dumb but something is like as simple as like i don't know like a spongebob episode or like an episode of sesame street or like uh Oh or something (laughs) playing Oh with some friends or whatever you know if it was a some it was something that happened to you then it's an important experience and it was something that impacted you then you shouldn't feel ashamed in saying what you liked or how it affected you, you know? Yeah. I think that's kind of the beauty of media in general. Mm-hmm. Like, media, and when I say media, I mean, like, literally anything that's encompassing media. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll even put games in there, right? Games, arts, uh, movies, anime, cartoons, mm-hmm. TV shows dramas whatever i feel like media is something that can hit you on so many different levels mm-hmm. that it can really uh affect the way you see things since you've seen it right yeah i feel like that's very important for a lot of people right i'm saying this as an engineer like kind of like the polar opposite of what people think of media <laughs> <laughs> like um media is super important to me mm-hmm. right i think having your views um, affected by media is like something that's kind of like significant in growing up. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. For yeah. example, I don't know if this is what you mean, but like um, today I went over to my grandma's place and my uncle was watching some Western movies. I love Westerns. <laughs> I don't know any of these characters. Like, I don't know these these people are based off of real life people. And I had no idea who they were. And I felt so uneducated. <laughs> but if you grew up around that time, then of course you knew who all these people were. Yeah. You know, of course you would know because they're part of that culture. Right. Mm. And, you know, it's like a time capsule of like what was important, you know, or what was talked about. Is that what you mean? Maybe not. But like, it's like, not it's like pretty a pretty similar to what I mean. Like, uh, uh, uh like it's not exactly because um, what I was trying to talk about earlier was like I'm gonna listen. It- I'm sorry, but I'm gonna listen back to this and mm-hmm. I'm gonna be like, that's not what he meant at all. <laughs> no, because like I'm gonna be like feeling so dumb. Like that is not what he meant. <laughs> no, because um, because I was talking about like how media affects the way you see other pieces of media. Right. But what you're talking about is like how what you grew up with kind of affects like other things you see Mm. or even like the same things you see. Mm. Right. 
Like if you grew up with westerns, obviously that colors the way you see westerns, mm. right? So like for us, we grew up with anime, so that kind of colors like all future anime we see. Yeah, like our experiences with all an all anime in general mm-hmm. is not going to be the same as an experience of someone who just came into anime, right? Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? I wonder how people like that feel you know i mean not just like kids Mm -hmm. right you know because there's probably plenty of kids who are getting into my hero and just like how we were into naruto anything on netflix i feel like people are getting into yeah and and that's fine Mm -hmm. i just think i don't know it's so bizarre to hear people just talk about anime Mm -hmm. and and it's like like it's a normal thing. Yeah, because we grew up in a time where like anime was super niche. I mean, not and even before that, before us, it was even more niche, and there was like a yeah. very small group of people who yeah anime. passing around VH- DVDs, VHSs. When one DVD was like twenty bucks, and when the VHS had like hard subtitles on them, yeah. or even no subtitles, my uncle had a lot of those. I just, it's just like really, it's like a beautifully bizarre time we live in for anime. Mm-hmm. Like it's... It's a natural progression. Like Yeah, of course. It is natural. Like how uh, something this small became mm-hmm. like kind of more or less mainstream. I feel like it is a natural progression, but I feel like coming from when we first got into anime to now mm-hmm. is bizarre. It's, speaking of that, like Jojo... Oh. I would have never thought that JoJo would. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's just me thinking that, but mm. I feel like JoJo is so shonen, or it's so battle anime or whatever. It is. Sort of. It's like so weird that I didn't think that it would have been popular. It's so bizarre. <laughs> it's, it is bizarre, but it's it's so to me. It, I just didn't think that people would like it. Mm. Um, but. I was very wrong. Mm. And people really like it. I think I see what you mean. Like, oh, when I, when I first got into JoJo, it was when Star Platinum. I th- also th- okay. Star's Crusade came out. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but I don't like it when people say JoJo's. I just don't like it. You just say JoJo? Yeah, just I, just JoJo. Mm. Why do you got to put the S at the end? Technically, Apostrophe. that's correct. It's technically correct, but I don't like it. I'm sorry. Maybe it's wrong. I'm not a JoJo connoisseur. Mm. I don't know. I've never read it. I've never watched it. Maybe I should stop talking. No, it's fine. Because <laughs> well, I, well, I, I first got into JoJo in Stardust Crusaders, right? That was mm-hmm. My first chapter of JoJo, I remember it, was when... Um, Jonathan meets Joseph in the jail cell. That was my first chapter of JoJo. And then I went back um, recently, actually, like maybe two years ago. So not that recent, but recent relatively. And I decided to read uh, most of JoJo's again, right? And like, I I decided to read it from the beginning. Because we got JoJo in a really weird way uh, here where we started with Stars Crusaders. Mm. 
which is part three. <laughs> and then we went on. So um, I read most of JoJo's up until Midway and uh, Steel Ball Run. So I'm like a veteran sort of of JoJo, but not a current fan. Sure. I mean, I have no context. So okay, how gonna, it's like, is it like if you're it's going, like if you watch Yu-Gi-Oh, but only up until 5Ds. Oh, yeah, you watch all of Yu-Gi-Oh, but only up until 5Ds. You don't cool. care about Zexel, Arc 5. <laughs> well, uh, to be fair, but that's all that's like three. That's a significant part, yeah. right? I I read up until fucking uh, what's the part was still around part five, part six, whatever. And they're on part eight now. I'm not that far behind, technically. Mm-hmm. I, I still read a majority of JoJo. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, but I am not a current fan anymore. Not because I don't like it. It's just because I don't care about the Steel Ball Run universe. And by extension, I just didn't care about everything after that. <laughs> so uh, for me, watching JoJo grow into the way it is, I have to agree with you that like it was kind of out of nowhere. Right? Yeah. Like, JoJo always had is like, really tight... Tight following. Tight following, right? Yeah, tiny of course. following, right? Uh, and they're mostly classic fans. Yeah. At least before the anime came out. And then the anime came out, especially during Stardust Crusaders, mm-hmm. and it became huge. I was... Yeah. I don't know if it's just me. Because I always, I always knew that JoJo had a... F- following you know mm-hmm. and the following they were pretty like rabid like you know if you like jojo dedicated fans. they're you, very dedicated yeah you loved jojo right like mm. you read like it's like if you like berserk it. you had the o- ovas you watched yeah. all the ovas from it's from fucking 10 years apart <laughs> yeah i feel like if you liked it's like in those recommended. If you like JoJo, you'll also be like the same kind of fan who likes Berserk. Sort of. Well, you know, in in the in the fact that you will wait, <laughs> or maybe you're the same kind of fan as Hunter Hunter. Oh God, Hunter X Hunter, where it's like you'll you'll just wait forever for things to happen, or you'll you'll stick around forever, you know. Mm. And like I don't know, like. It was just, like, really weird for me to see, like, JoJo being so popular. I don't know. I think it's weird for me to see it mainstream. I'm used to seeing it popular, honestly. Right? Cause... Well, that's... I'm sorry, but that's what I mean. Is yeah. to see it mainstream. Mm. To see it along with, you know, like... Not, like, Shingeki kind of, like, well, big. You Shingeki's not that mainstream anymore. But I'm, but I'm saying... Yeah. You know what I mean? You see along like My Hero, basically. Yeah. Or like seeing along kind of like sword art or hyped up this shit, right? Because mm-hmm. when I was reading JoJo was during the time where it was the most popular, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the most popular before the anime. But then it was definitely before less than more than two years ago. I definitely read most of JoJo's before the anime came out. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> um... Because I, I heard about the anime coming out, and I was like, oh, I might as well reread it. And I basically speed, speed read up until speed, Steel Ball Run. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, but um, I was reading it during, like, the peak of its kind of underground um, 
uh, popularity. Mm-hmm. I even I, I watch the OVAs before I read the manga, so I I I know how popular it was even before that. Mm-hmm. And but to see it like the anime come out, and it was like okay, like you know, Phantom Blood not bad, and then like Stardust Crusaders come out, and it becomes like this huge thing. All yeah. of a sudden, was very jarring to me. Is that the one with the jo- Josuke or whatever his name? Josuke is part four. Oh. I think Johnson, Joseph, Joseph. Oh no, no, it might be Josuke. God, I'm forgetting. It's been a while. It's been a long while. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, all the JoJo fans out there. I I just I just can't remember right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry to all the fans out there. I I just can't remember right now. Uh, I don't have, uh, I don't have any show notes on me. So, and all this is just off the cuff. So I can't just look things up. Huh. Let's move on from JoJo because mm. I feel like we could be talking about JoJo for a while. And if uh, we I think I just exhausted everything I had to say. Well, I don't have a lot to say about JoJo, honestly. Anyway, what I'm saying is maybe we should move on from JoJo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of do you have something other than like an anime or a video game you know that was like really impactful to you like let's just say like like a f- feature film or something Star Wars Star Wars was a huge part of my, of my childhood mm. um my first experience with Star Wars was the VHS special editions, which to most people, not the ideal way. Mm. I agree to a certain extent. They're a good way to get into Star Wars, especially as a kid, honestly. Because as, as a kid during that time, you would take any way to get into Star Wars. But um, Star Wars to me was the thing to make me a nerd. <laughs> Right. If the video games wasn't enough, it was definitely Star Wars. Mm. Easily. Because Star Wars is what made me fall in love with both science fiction and fantasy. But now it's cool to like Star Wars. Now it's cool to like Star Wars. Now it's cool to be a nerd. Yeah. You didn't have to struggle like I did when I was a Please. kid. Please. <laughs> now, people people struggled way harder than yeah. I did when it was actually a bad thing to be a nerd. Mm-hmm. But, um, but Star Wars... Maybe fall in love with both fantasy and uh, science fiction. And after Star Wars, it was Lord of the Rings. Mm. Right? Because I watched Lord of the Rings like almost right after Star Wars. Like maybe a year after. Mm-hmm. And man, was that a... Ah, was I a huge nerd at that, at that <laughs> point. Was I a huge Lord of the Rings fan at that point. I made... I was basically playing D&D before I actually knew how to play D&D. Where mm-hmm. I would make my own fantasy worlds... Or, like, think of it, think of my own fantasy worlds, and, like, try to think of, like, all these, like, races, stories, and, like, how I'm the main character, basically. Well. I went through my own chuny face in my head. Thank God it was only in my head. Honestly. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, chunimbyo is a Japanese term, meaning, like, eighth grade syndrome, right? Mm. Where, basically, you become, like, um... It's, it's kind of you become an edgelord not, like not you, even that 100 percent of the time but i mean you like role play as yeah, like this like edgy character from you, like you're like, like role play and you're like 
think you, of you like, like the chosen one or yeah, whatever. Think of it like you're Sephiroth, but like in like in like you're in eighth grade mm-hmm. and you're like, I am like you kind of like self I am a yourself. fallen angel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank God, like most of my tuning phase was just in my head. Mm, right. Yeah. I didn't like outwardly do it ever, really. It was mostly in my head. And when I was like privately in my own room, I'm about to embarrass the shit out of myself right now. I don't give a shit. <laughs> when I was like privately in my own room, I would like do all the motions <laughs> in my room, kind of like LARPing. <laughs> Ooh, am I super sexy to you right now, Sarah? Oh, darling, you're always. Uh. Yeah, always that. <laughs> we're, like, we're like, I will have like these fantasy scenarios in my head where I am the hero or I am so a lot less of an edgelord, honestly. Mm-hmm. I did have my edgelord moments. Like, I'm sure you did. Oh, yeah, Infinite it- Dark Angel March, yes. <gasps> um, like, I did have my edgelord moments, but. It was a lot more, thinking back on it, it was a lot more lighthearted than it was edgy. Mm. Like, it was very much like, I'm the hero, right? Yeah, that's cute. Mm-hmm. I am the hero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm like, I'm the hero. I'm the person who will save the world. And I have all these special powers, mm. right? Okay. It was never like, ooh, brooding, edgy. I will kill you for, because that's the easiest way out or whatever. <laughs> I have a good example for, well, not just stating the, you know, the, what's that? There was an anime about a Chinibyo, right? Yeah. Isn't it called just Chinibyo? Well, it's Chinibyo, Love and Other Delusions. Yeah. So not, not including that one, but it, like, I'm just going to include one that's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. If you ever watch the, what's it called? Psyche. Psyche Kuso. I mean, but I don't remember what it's called on Netflix. Disastrous Life on uh, Psyche K. Yeah, Psyche K. Yeah, Psyche Kuso no Sainan. Mm. Like, if you. Dropping all the titles right now. <laughs> yeah, if you watch Psyche K, right? Mm. On Netflix, K- Kaido, or whatever his name is. He is the example of a He chunibyo. is a Chunibyo. Yeah. He is exactly that. <laughs> mm. I don't know, like, what's an American example of a Chunibyo, though. Um, I don't think there is one right now. Or not at least not off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure there is one. Probably. Yeah, yeah. probably. Some you probably knew some like weird kid. Yeah. Even if it's not like a Trinibio by the traditional sense, like the yeah. anime edge or Trinibio, you probably knew some kid who just loved playing pretend. Yeah. Or right? he like wore a trench coat and a fedora. I just said like not like the edgy <laughs> Oh, I knew someone like that. I mean I know you did, but like <laughs> Uh, but I mean by like, uh, like you knew someone who like loved playing pretend or loved to play in their own world, right? Mm. And that's not a bad thing. I think as a kid, that's perfectly acceptable, right? Yeah, I think as an adult, then you become a little delusional. <laughs> I'll be honest, right? Even now, I still like to not imagine myself, right? Mm-hmm. But I still like to imagine like kind of like isekai stories in my head. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But like, you're not necessarily like self-inserting yourself, mm-hmm. but it's more of like creating like, like scenarios and stories in your head. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, they're usually always bad, right? Yeah. Like bad stories, but they're like, they're fun to think about. Yeah. You know, 
mm-hmm. think about oh like superpowers and stuff like that or like yeah, having you like uh fight the demon lord or do these like fantasy quests or whatever mm-hmm. they're, they're always fun to think about like so i guess in a way i never grew out of my chuny things right but it, it's a lot more like maybe you grew up with them yeah totally like i technically had never stopped doing those motion thingies to myself in a very when, technical way when have you been doing that they're never like super outwardly like when I was a kid, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? But they were they were always like um it will always be like like I'm in the shower, right? It's like those shower thoughts things, right? Or like <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh. I just <laughs> just think of you like you like doing kung fu moves yeah, in the shower yeah it's never like that okay right <laughs> but it was always like uh like playing pretend to myself you know mm, yeah it, i i never grew out of that just imagine you like beating up putties in like the shower and stuff. <laughs> take that fiend well yeah i never grew out of my pretend phase i still do it every so often especially when i daydream like, I still do it. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think a lot of people want that um, form of, like, escapism. Yeah, I think so, too. But um, I think wanting it and actually, you know, trying to do it is two different things. Mm. If you're, I think if you're trying to do escapism, like, like if you're not accepting reality, that's mm-hmm. when it becomes delusional. Oh, yeah. That's the literal definition at that point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I think wanting it, like, I, I want to, like, escape into a fantasy world and live a, like, a fantasy, magic, gamey life. Yeah. Because be I cool. Because I think the the appeal of that is that life is a lot simpler. Mm-hmm. Right? Or, you know, or so you think. Or, or so you think. On a certain level, it's a lot simpler. Because yeah. the, the entire point is that, like, it's not based off, like, um... Everything's more gamey. Yeah. Rather than being real. <laughs> yeah. Everything's more gamey in fantasy world, right? Mm-hmm. But you get strong off just killing things and you just get these experience points or whatever. Yeah. Or like even in like a traditional fantasy world, like everything is kind of like given to you in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And you kind of just grow into whatever thing you are destined to be. Yeah. You're destined to be a, a knight in Forgotten Realms, and so be it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're destined to be a farmer who happens to make bread on the side, and so be it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it just ends up being simpler that way. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people want that. I think people just want to live simply, you know, mm-hmm. without having to worry about um, other bigger problems, you know? Yeah. In a way. No, completely like that. Yeah. I think we've filled enough tangents in this episode. We've, we jumped around a lot. Is, is there a topic that you want to bring up? Or I think you're good. Um, I think just because it's the name of our podcast, um, I think we should bring up a story of us. Just... I feel like every podcast, every time we we do this, we mm. should bring up at least one story. Like we're gonna run out. 
we are going to run out eventually, you know. But for now, I mean, I think we should bring up something. Well, what do you want to bring up? I don't know. Maybe um, let's do our first date. Oh, God, really? Yeah. Okay. I think I think because our first date, I think, is a great story. I think I think our first date is a perfect example of uh, a relationship could spawn off anything. (laughs) Yeah. Especially because I, I told I told this story to my classmate, right? Mm. And I told her, um, this is what happened in my first date. It wasn't which, even necessarily like a bad date. It just wasn't like how a good date. Yeah, it was it was more like, why would you continue to date? Yeah. After this first date. Yeah. It's not like we didn't like each other. It's more of like the date itself wasn't good. Yeah. Because do you want me to tell a story? Or do you want to tell a story? Um, I think I can tell it. Um, I don't think I'll do a good job, but not a very good storyteller. But, um, so, and you'll let me know if things aren't right, because sometimes I tend to exaggerate. Mm. So it was our first date. Were you late to this one? Uh, sort of. I think you were kind of late. We're already off on to a bad start. I, I was sort of late. I remember I got there early, actually. But you weren't there yet, so I kind of wandered around. I think when you came, I wasn't there. Right. Yeah. And my dad was upset. Yep. My dad was so mad. He Which is like, understandable. I wasn't there when you, yeah. you were there. So So I just yeah. so happened to be wandering around that time because it was near a mall. So I was just like, I was yeah. wandering around a bit and I'll come back. And I just didn't come back on time. Yeah, so my dad, we had pulled up, and he's like, where is he? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and and he's like, I can't believe this. I can't believe he's making my daughter wait. We're going home right now. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so we drove home, and I called I called you, and was like, hey, where were you? Because, um, like, my dad drove me home because you weren't there. And you were like, oh, well, I'm here now, basically. Yeah. Right. I basically was like, oh, uh, well, yeah, I'm there now. Yeah, I'm yeah. here. So we drove back. I felt bad. Yeah. Yeah. Because we were going to go see, oh, Green oh. Lantern. Yeah. The Green Lantern movie. With Great Ryan movie. Reynolds. No, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. With Ryan Reynolds as Green Lantern. So um, at that time... Uh, we didn't really talk about movies too much. Mm-mm. So it, it was our first date. So it it was during a time where neither of us knew our own opinion, knew each other's opinions about movies. Right. Mm-hmm. You didn't know that I'm super critical about movies, and mm-hmm. I didn't know that you. <laughs> I don't even know what you thought about movies at that time. Um, I didn't really think too much about them. Yeah. So, uh. We went to go see the movie. Uh, we didn't talk. I don't think at all for the entire movie. We talked a bit. We were just commenting on the movie, but we talked a bit. What did we talk about? We just thought like, "Oh, I bet he's the villain," or like, "Oh yeah," or like, uh, "Like, oh, why didn't he just make that?" Or something like that. I think there was a scene in the movie that I'm like, "I know this song," <laughs> and then and that's it. Yeah, that was about it. So we walked out of the theater. Uh, we went to get Froyo. get Froyo. 
and we talked for a bit and then i left yeah that was it that was it that was our first date guys and that's the end of the pot now <laughs> that was it and then we broke up soon after yeah we did actually yeah we mm. broke up soon after that so really i mean did it really work out mm. <laughs> in a way i think it worked out yeah. it the date wasn't that bad like it wasn't like a deal breaker for me mm. i think it was like because we hadn't really seen each other for a while mm. after that mm. so i thought you just i think i was like well you thought i lost interest i don't know if I, you lost interest or i was just like i don't know if i feel anything mm. so maybe we should just break up yeah you want you want to leave it there or you want to continue on no I'm, I'm just saying like like your first date isn't like from my first date wasn't like magical it, it was far from perfect you know and it makes sense if that's their first date ever mm -hmm. right especially if you're our age in high school yeah because like, yeah you have to are super limited you have to remember that we're high school sweethearts so you know we have made a lot of mistakes and mm. we have to grow we basically like grew into each other if that makes sense mm. like you know how some people like they're our age but they meet mm. and then they're like oh well you're already like a full-fledged adult mm. you know you already know what you want mm. but when you're in high school and then you go into college you have no idea what you want mm. and then the things that you might want change so that's why it's really hard to maintain a high school relationship because you grow up and the, mm. the your priorities change they're not the same as it as they were in high school yeah. so and I, and I think that's fine and like we talk about i think was it the first podcast where it was like not all relationships are gonna work out yes yes yeah yes. It, like not all relationships are gonna work out and i think that's perfectly fine like i i'm lucky I got I got Sarah, so I'm I'm lucky, but I think it's also fine, and I, it it may be weird coming from a guy who's already in a relationship, right? But I think it's perfectly fine for relationships not to work out. I think that's just how people are sometimes, where mm -hmm. um you want to find people who are compatible to you, and sometimes you just find people who are not compatible. Yeah, and I think that's fine. I. I when when we had our first date and it did not go well, not to say it went badly, but it definitely did not go well. Do you remember what you thought after the movie? After the our date? Do you remember how you felt? About the date? Yeah. I just thought it was like a date. I didn't think it went well. Cause you know, it was a bad movie. Uh I think uh, I remember at the end, ideally I like I wanted it to go longer. Mm -hmm. Right? Because you left her, you had to, you had to leave, and then I basically was just sitting there and waiting for my ride to come, mm -hmm. right? Because you basically off road, you like, I guess this is it, right? Yeah. And I remember thinking like I wanted to go longer because I wanted to talk to you more, mm -hmm. at the very least, hang out more, right? Yeah. Because yeah, we watched a movie and we got froyo, but we didn't talk through the movie, and then <laughs> we just got froyo. <laughs> So it was it was very minimal our interaction with each other. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if movie dates are the best for dates to have. I think yeah, movies because... are good supplementals. Yeah. But I don't know if it's a great first date to have. 
I think amusement parks. Uh, okay. In terms of high school. The zoo? In terms of high school. <gasps> the zoo is kind of hard to get to for high schoolers. A unless mall? you have a local zoo. You can go to the mall? Yeah, a mall. Something like that. I think... You can go to the city? City. San Francisco. <gasps> oh. For yeah. us. Oh, yeah. But um, I think the idea of a first date, or even just a date in general, mm-hmm. if you don't know each other, is to have a way just to talk to each other. Yeah. Throughout the entire time. Yeah, Maybe not the entire time, or just get to know each other. Yeah. Because I feel like that's the whole point of a date. I think later on, doing all the romantic stuff and, you know, having movies and, like, romantic dinners, that can come later. Yeah. Get to know each other first. Yeah. That's the whole point of a date, is to figure out each other and see if, like, you're even compatible in the first place, I feel like. Mm-hmm. You know? You might be completely wrong. We don't go on that many dates. Yeah, I only went on like a like one. <laughs> Ouch! One day I see how it is. Well, you know. Ouch! No, that's not what I meant. You know what I mean? Uh, I guess I guess all those other days to me didn't mean anything. Wow! Ah. Oh, boohoo! Oh, poor me. I mean, okay, to, to be fair, I think we went on less than ten dates total. In our whole relationship. Yeah. Oh. Like 10 actual, less than 10 actual dates. We go to Target. Do you really count that as a date? We have Target dates. Target dates. Those are, I like those. Those are nice. I don't know if I count those like actual dates though. They're not actual dates, but they they mean a lot to me. That's fine. I'm just saying. I don't think they're like actual dates. Where did we, we went to the zoo together. Yeah, that, that, was, that was an actual date. We went to um, dinner in the city. Together. Dinner in the city together. That was an actual date. We went. We went on actual dates. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think we went on that many. I th- I I think you agree with that. Yeah. We don't go on that many dates. We don't go on that many dates. But you try very hard <laughs> to make it work, and then I always find a. I always forget, and so I always schedule something on the same weekend. So. <laughs> My point is, is that you don't need to have, like, dates necessarily to make a relationship work. You know? Hmm. It, I think to make a relationship work is just to have compatibility. No. I'm going to put it away that makes sense to me, and I don't really care if people don't understand it. I think the point of having a relationship with dates is to have a partner that you can reconnect with. Hmm. Right? I think a dates are just a good way to find that and a good way just to connect with them. Mm. And I think a relationship is just doing that. Connecting with them. Every day. Every day. <laughs> huh. Not necessarily every day, but you know, most days. That's true. You might not see them every day. That, that, that's fine. I think, I think people get too hung up on uh, like being with their significant other all the time. Or having their like entire life revolve around their significant other. I can understand if you're in a long distance relationship. Mm. That makes sense to me. But sometimes like I have people. Sometimes I've had people come up to me and ask me like. Because I tell I tell them, you know, sometimes you're playing in the front um, with the PS4 
mm-hmm. and I'm in here watching YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, that's so sad. I'm like, is it? We're just doing our own thing. Yeah, I'm I'm happy watching YouTube videos. He doesn't want to listen to the stuff I'm watching, and I don't want to listen to the stuff he's playing. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, after a while, it's like, at least for us, I mean, we wanted to spend a lot of time together when we were first going out, I think. Mm-hmm. I think anybody yeah. first going out want to spend a long time with their other person. But I think as you become more comfortable, then you're like, I don't need to see them all the time. Mm-hmm. Especially us, because we live together. Mm-hmm. So I see you all the time. Yeah. But well, that doesn't mean I, I appreciate I, you. I think even down the line yes. of your relationship, you don't need to see them all the time. Even if you yeah. don't live with each other. I think to have them on your mind all the time is fine. Mm-hmm. Right? But I think, you know, just having you know time with yourself. Or just having days where you just don't see them, but you don't keep in touch. Mm-hmm. I think that's fine. I think having time to yourself is really important mm-hmm. in a relationship. And I think people can forget that, you know, you and your partner are different people. Mm-hmm. You know, you're separate people. You don't always have to be a package. Kevin and I are most of the time a package. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I can't go somewhere without him or he can't go somewhere without me. Yeah. You know, or he can't enjoy the things that he likes. You know, like he likes D&D. I don't really dig it. So I'm not going to say, well, since I don't like it, you can't go. Mm-hmm. You know, or if he likes it, I don't have to go. Mm-hmm. You know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's, a, that's th- a decent place to end it. Yeah. I think that's a good place to stop for today. Yeah. But. Talking about media and like the stuff we like. And then really some relationship advice just sprinkled in there. Yeah. I mean, it is part of our podcast name as my co-worker pointed out mm. he's like i'm looking for where's the advice and i'm like okay <laughs> it's just a couple thoughts not yeah just a couple of vice yeah he's like where's the couple bit and i'm like uh the whole we are yeah i'm like the whole thing's not totally about like couple like stuff we'd run out of things really quick you know yeah. we might have seven years but seven years isn't a lot when it comes it to like, like a short amount of time, really. Yeah. And there's not a lot I want to share. OK, <laughs> I mean, t- just being honest, there's some things about our relationship I'm not interested in sharing. So <laughs> like, uh, we're pretty open, but we're not that open. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. So but if there is anybody out there watching mm-hmm. that needs relationship advice, leave a comment. It will help out. Yeah. No guarantee that it's going to be 100% useful. Or maybe we will we, be honest. Maybe we should set up that email that I talked about last time. Uh, I feel like the comments are just fine for now. Okay. For now, we will set up an email if it ever gets too big. I I hope it does. I hope it does too. I hope it does. Or it ever becomes like a hassle just looking through yeah. all the comments. Or if and you at don't, that point, yeah. I will add the email to all the descriptions of the episodes before it. Or if you didn't feel comfortable... Yeah, we're just posting it publicly. But even then, you can send messages privately on YouTube. Oh, yeah. I want to check there, too. You can do that? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) And if you can't, I'm pretty sure. But if you can't, yes, I will set up uh, an email. Anyways, uh, thank you guys for listening to episode three. Yeah. Just a couple thoughts. Episode three. Yeah. 
All right. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.